Hey, this is Darren McCluskey from Into the Void, a Black Sabbath podcast, and you're listening to Jay Scott at the Book Rock. Welcome back to The Hook Rocks. I'm your host, Jay Scott. Hope you're doing well. Hope you are getting ready for the weekend. I know I am. It's always nice to have a little bit of a break after a long week, Monday through Friday. Once again, we are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, a great network of music-related podcasts. You can check out The Hook Rocks on Pantheon Pods. You can also check out the Hanging and Banging Podcast with Carmen Apice and Vinny Apice. Shout Out Loudcast, Cobras and Fire, Mistress Carrie out in Boston, and the rock historian Martin Popoff, among a lot of other great music podcasts. You can check them out at PantheonPodcast.com, follow them on Twitter at Pantheon Pods, and look them up on Facebook at Pantheon Podcast. And you can also follow The Hook Rocks on Twitter at The Hook Rocks. Look us up on Facebook, again, at The Hook Rocks. And also follow us wherever you do get your podcast. Whether it's Amazon, Spotify, Apple, we are available on every platform. Don't forget to set your app to automatic download so you get the latest and greatest Hook Rocks episode. And yeah, we had a great month of October. We hit number 24 on Apple Podcasts Music Commentary, number 23 in Canada, number 24, like I said, in the U.S., number 35 in the U.K., and we are the highest-rated podcast that focuses on new music. And we've got another great New music spotlight for you today. We have a band called Seven Stones, and the guest is Drew. What's going on, man? How are you? Oh, man, it's going. How are you guys doing? We're doing good, man. Thank you very much for doing this. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you, man. I'm excited to be here. All right. Well, we always start the same way every time we have a first-time guest, and that is really what the podcast is all about. Just like every rock song has a hook that sucks you in, that pulls you in, every rock fan has a moment whether it's a song, an album, a band, or performance that hooked them on rock and roll. What was it for you? Ooh, let's see. Um, <laughs> you talking about me personally or like uh, you personally. The, the group what got us together or me personally? You personally. What, what hooked you on rock? I think it was uh, – my uncle showed me uh, Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap by ACDC. Uh, I had to be like seven. And I was like, what, what is this? This is, uh, 
this is amazing. I need more of this in my life. And uh, after that, it just, I, I went through an 80s uh, phase of listening to like Van Halen and, <laughs> well, a lot more bands. But uh, yeah, I think that's what kind of set it up for me was the classic ACDC kind of got me into everything. And where did it go from there? You heard ACDC. ACDC has influenced so many, so many artists. From that moment, <laughs> where did it uh, where did it go? Like, what was the next step for you? Uh, like I said, it went from ACDC to Van Halen, and then my middle school years. Uh, it's going to sound kind of odd, but I, I listened to a lot of stuff. But I went through a huge Green Day phase, and uh, so I, I went into punk a little bit. And then shortly after that, though, uh, I think uh, somebody, I listened to their MP3 player, uh, which those don't exist really anymore. But uh, I heard Pulse of the Maggots by Slipknot. And uh, I was like, oh, okay. This is uh, something I get into. And then I, I, like, I dove into Slipknot, Korn, uh, See, there was another band in Shinedown that I just started religiously listening to. and drawing the band emblems and names on all my notebooks. And, uh, yeah, I, I just, I, I fell like harder and harder into, let's see, like Meshuggah and Lamb of God. I, I just head over heels into, I guess the heavier, heavier scene after that. When did it become something that you wanted to do when you wanted to get up on stage and, and perform? <laughs> it's kind of funny, man. I didn't really, I mean, of course, everybody has that, you know, once you start listening and you start watching videos and you're like, wow, that'd be really, that'd be really cool to be able to do that one day. And uh, I never had plans on it was the funny thing. I just, I started writing music in, uh, I guess it was college, like early college. I just had my acoustic guitar and like played around a little bit and it was more of a Southern rock kind of feel to it just by myself. And uh, I guess, uh, I touched base with uh, an old friend of mine who, who happens to be the lead guitar player. I showed Abraham uh, a few songs after we hadn't talked in so long because he was in a band in high school with our original drummer. And I was like, man, these guys are like dudes and I'm playing on acoustic. Like I didn't think he would like it. And uh turned out that he did. And uh, we started just practicing, kind of just jamming. And then uh, it kind of started becoming a, a thing to where Holy shit, maybe we're going to actually do this. Was there... So I guess that's where the dream was kind of born, actually be on stage. Yeah. Was there like a performance that you saw? Was there, you know, a concert that you went to that, that uh, you know, gave you that bug? Uh, it, it did. I guess that was, I guess, another, like, defining moment, too, was actually my freshman year in high school with uh, another buddy of ours, Don. I saw... Um, Mighty Side Show, which was a local band, and they were open up for Seven Dust at Club Fathom in Chattanooga. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that that definitely that changed that changed my life completely. Of like maybe wanting that's when I started writing music and wanted to play guitar more. And uh, yeah, that was that was definitely a, that was Seven Dust opened my eyes. As far as you know, specific influences in terms of musicians and, 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 you know, people that are in bands, was there any specific person that 
influenced you in performing, in writing music, and per, in, in playing music? Uh, I would have to say, uh, especially being a huge fan of like the writing aspect of things, for sure, uh, would be Miles Kennedy uh, from Alter Bridge. Uh, his lyrics, they, they speak to, well, millions of people. And uh, I wanted to... I wanted to be able to like touch people with lyrics in a way, you know, like if you listen to some of our slower stuff that I, that, you know, I wrote early on and, uh, I wanted it to feel that same way, you know, to have people like singing back to you, you know, uh, I wish I could play like Don Bag did, but uh, his stage presence is something that I, I'll never encompass or those skills by that either. But, uh, I'd say miles and, uh, Don Morgan for sure from Cedar that, uh, you know, they're, they're there for the music, you know, they're, there's no uh, BS in between. They're there to do their, you know, share their music and rock out. And, uh, yeah, definitely those two stick out, my man. Uh, and probably Lane Staley, huge uh, Alice in Chains fan. As far as writing music and in, in lyrics, you mentioned Miles Kennedy. Was there a specific song that you heard that inspired you to, to write lyrics, to write a song? Yeah, I would say uh, Watch Over You was one of the first songs that I heard. And uh, I was like, how can he encompass that that emotion? Like, how can he make me feel this way? And uh, I was like, I, and I don't know, that amazed me. And uh, I, I guess I started attempting to do that myself. When you are writing, where do you get your inspiration from? Is it personal you know, a personal story? Is it an observation? Are you, you know, trying to tell, you know, a story that, you know, that maybe you feel, or maybe you were inspired by something? Where does all that come from for you? It comes from multiple, uh, most, mostly it is personal, like stuff we're going through, uh, you know, a lot of heartbreak, you know, and which is, you know, the basics. I mean, observational, that's being a little bit more new for me to be writing about now. You mentioned, uh, Earlier before we started, uh, save today and uh, break. There's a more observational, like what's going on in the world, and and it still has you know personal feelings behind it. Clearly, but it's I guess that's more of observational of how things are going. So I have I guess a little bit of both when it comes to that, and sometimes the lyrics just come out of nowhere. That tends to be on a regular basis for me, though. <laughs> Well, it's, you know, it's hard for some people when you're writing about, you know, personal experience because you got to tap into what can be an uncomfortable emotion and an uncomfortable experience. How do you navigate through something like that? Oh, man. Uh, really, you know, I just, I'm, I'm a pretty open person. Uh, you know, I try not to make it too, uh, like blatant, I guess, in my writing, tell you like, oh, this is it, what it's about. I like to keep it a little bit, you know, kind of hidden and people kind of just figure it out for themselves. Maybe, you know, they have their own meaning behind it and uh, their own understanding instead of having, you know, somebody tell you what it's supposed to be about. Uh, I guess that might answer that question on navigating. I just kind of, I put my feelings out, which is very, as a lot of people say, it's a very vulnerable thing, but, uh, yeah, there's not much of navigating. I just kind of let it happen. <laughs> you know, speaking to that vulnerability, you know, when you when you do tap into something, do, do you find you have a different perspective if it's something that, 
you know, happened a while back or long ago, or is it a therapeutic thing for you? You know, how, how do you overcome some of that stuff that might be difficult to write about? Um, I, I, for me, it tends to be after something that possibly, uh, traumatic or dramatic that's happened. Uh, I mean, uh, maybe a few times where it, you know, I was in a moment and I just started writing, but usually it, it turns out a lot better if, you know, I, I come back to it after I've already been through it and I can remember how I felt and I remember the words and I, I remember certain things that were said or done and I can actually, I guess, make them make more sense by that point instead of it just being so, you know, sad or so angry. I can make it, you know, I guess gel a little bit better. As far as the collaborative process, how does that go with the band? Um, for the most part, like it's, it's, I mean, we've written different ways. Like sometimes I'll have a guitar part written with the lyrics and everybody just composes what else comes with it. And I mean, uh, actually the last two songs, uh, Abraham had a riff that he liked a lot and, uh, and Jacob, our drummer started playing and then Rich started filling in with bass and I like, and words just kind of came out while we were just jamming. So, <laughs> um, so it's, uh, we all, we all work on all of it together with the most part. I mean, most lyrics are from my end. Uh, Abraham has brought, uh, a couple songs to me. Well, he was like, Hey man, here's these lyrics. You know, we work on it together and I switch some stuff around, add a different verse or change the chorus and all that. So it's, uh, it's all in house. We all work on it, which is really nice. The last three songs that you've really saved today, take me home break. Um, was this something that you guys created, you know, as a, you know, as a result of what was happening around you? Uh, Save Today and Break Were. Uh, Take Me Home, that was written, that was about a year before the pandemic went down. That was uh, one of those nice little personal, uh, me, me being a jackass in life <laughs> and me uh, just trying to let it out. Was it difficult to create music, you know, while everything was happening? You know, I mean, you you write by what you experience and how you live. You know, was it was it difficult to to really tap into that creative process as you know things are are you know not happening around you? I mean, you know, you're doing the same thing every day. You're not really experiencing life because a lot of things are shut down. Um, I've talked to a lot of different artists, and it's kind of split down the middle where. You know, some people had difficulty because they just weren't living their their normal life, and others were were fine. They were able to tap in to something. Well, uh, we have those those two songs that were basically written during. So I would say no, for the most part. But we also didn't see each other for a while either. Uh, our our drummer lives you know decently far away, and uh, he's got he's got a family. So, you know, trying to keep everybody safe. So we didn't see each other as much as we wanted to during that whole year of everybody, everything being shut down. So yes and no. So I guess I might be splitting the middle. I'm smack dab in the middle. If we would have spent more time together, I'm sure it'd been fine. But uh, definitely that alone time does create a little bit of a block. For me personally, it created a little bit of a creativity uh, block. 
And now that you've released your new single break and you know things have opened up and things continue to be positive and moving in a positive direction, you know, what are the plans for the band, you know, with with this single? Is there is there plans for a full-length album, an EP, a tour? What are you guys planning on doing? Uh, well, all the above, above is the the plan. I would love to uh we have a few more songs that uh we're supposed to be recording in a couple of weeks, actually. Um, or at least one, one, one song, but we do plan on hopefully sometime next year of, you know, either getting a, an EP out or possibly a, a full length, you know, 10 song album. And we're also, we're working on trying to get a tour booked. You know, a lot of the venues that we reached out to, we're still trying to get over the COVID stuff, you know, and they're still working on, everything themselves. So, uh, that's the plan. So hopefully spring next year, we might be doing little runs probably, probably here in the Southeast, you know, Georgia, Tennessee, Florida. I'd love to spread out everybody, you know, anywhere else. So if anybody's listening and wants us, please let us know. (laughs) As far as rock music goes in the genre, um, you know, prior to the pandemic, there was, there was talk of, you know, everyone talks about rock and roll being dead. And of course, it's never going to die. It's always going to be there. But the relevancy over the last decade or so, two, two decades probably, has really taken a hit. It's taken a backseat to a lot of other genres. Now, as 2020 comes to an end and closes, closes the book, new rock music has had a huge resurgence this year. And the quality of music has also been great too as well where everyone seems to be swinging for the fences what have you experienced what have you seen what are your thoughts on you know previous to the pandemic and now now current day how has rock music moved forward in your opinion with everything happening and now things you know getting getting back to normal i think uh it's moving forward because of like with everything that's happened, you know, like how crazy and how all the division, uh, I'm not going to get into the, the political side of anything like that. But, uh, I think because of that, I think it's created more angst and, you know, people are ready to, you know, bang your head again for the first time and, you know, try to have a little more attitude and, you know, fight back a little bit, fight for yourself. And uh, I think rock and roll has always encompassed that, you know, being the, re- the rebellious side. And I think rock and roll did lose a little bit of that edge for a while, but I think it's back and uh, I hope it stays. Yeah, I see that too. I often talk about my own son, my 16 year old son who, you know, experienced, you know, e-learning and staying at home and, and doing the same thing every day. And I think a lot of young people, which is I think very vital to, you know, rock and roll, rock music, hard rock, heavy metal becoming relevant again. I think they, you know, they did experience that angst because when you're when you're 16 and you're 15 and you're doing the same thing every day, it becomes tiresome. It becomes, you know, you become aggravated and you want something different. So a lot of kids who may have gone into the pandemic, pop music fans or rap music fans, you know, doing the same thing every day needed change. And, and that change, I think, for a lot of them, they turned to rock music. And like you said, rock music has always thrived when there's been angst, when there's been the middle finger, that pushback against the establishment. Um, are you seeing a, a, an uptick in younger people checking out your music? Are you able to determine that? 
Um, of course, you know, not through like numbers on any of the platforms or anything, but um, we have, uh, you know, a, a few young fans that I, actually surprised me because uh, uh, my brother-in-law is a teacher and he talked to me about, you know, he was like, you know, one of these kids found out you're in a band and uh, he's like, he really likes break. And I was like, oh, I even like, I texted him that. I was like, I'm still amazed, you know, that, you know, kids, you know, 14, 15 years old are actually, you know, rocking. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear it. I was actually really excited. I was like, I'm glad there's at least one, you know, <laughs> please continue this. Spread that. I want rock and roll to continue. I want younger generations to bring it back and make it, you know, do what you can with it. You know, make it better. You know, do something different which is, you know, kind of hard to do at the same time. But, you know, there's something out there that, you know, that's going to change. You know, it's going to break like a different subgenre. Yeah, it's just, how everything's, you know, kind of changed over the past decade. Yeah, it, it is interesting how I see, you know, because I go to shows all the time and I see a lot of young people there and I see, you know, different than prior to the pandemic. Um, you know, the other night I just saw a band called Blacktop Mojo. And, you know, when, when the show was over, when the show was over, I see all these young kids walking out and I'm like, that's so cool. That's awesome. Because you weren't, I wasn't used to seeing that prior to everything getting shut down. And I think there is something to that where, you know, rock and roll is that, that danger that I think they haven't, I think a lot of artists have failed to embrace over the last you know decade or so where you know people do try to play it safe because like you mentioned there's a lot of division there's a lot of you know this and that and left and right and I think people don't want to get caught in that but at the same time rock and roll has always been about who gives a shit about that stuff who cares and you know yeah. it's it's nice to see an artist embrace not necessarily the rock and roll lifestyle because we don't want people to get on like, you know, heroin and everything like that, but the rock and roll attitude. Yeah. Is, not the is, bad side of yeah. You know, the rock and roll attitude is, is, is what you want. And I, I see a lot of younger acts playing it safe, not wanting to be too controversial. And, you know, I remember I grew up on Van Halen. I grew up on Motley Crue. I grew up on all these bands, Guns and Roses, and they didn't care. They said, whatever they wanted to say, you couldn't take your eyes off or, or you couldn't stop listening to an interview with one of those guys. Cause you never knew where it was going to go. And then they dealt with the aftermath afterwards. And you know, there's cancel, yeah. there's cancel culture now and everything, but at the end of the day, rock and roll is still rock and roll. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Especially on that, the cancel culture thing. I, I don't fully understand that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there is none of that anymore. Uh, I mean, you know, Motley Crue with, you know, shout out the devil and, you know, like everybody freaking out. Like they weren't even saying like, I'm not saying let's hang out and shout the devil. But of course, you know, there's no such thing as bad publicity. But, you know, that and there's no more. I had, God, it's hard to explain. You know, there's no more FUs being thrown around. <laughs> like if, if you don't like something, oh, OK, it's OK. That's fine. We'll go do this. No, there's nothing that a lot of people don't fight back anymore. Well, it's also too, and you, I think it is. We are missing that attitude. Yeah, and I and I also think too that you know when you look at other genres, other genres have embraced the rock and roll attitude more so in in rock and roll um, artists. You know, I mean, you know they, oh, yeah. they 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 promote a certain lifestyle that was always promoted by rock and roll, and it's like, well, why isn't these rock bands or these rock artists? doing these things and, and, and having 
you know, the types of videos that I see or, and whatnot. And I just, I don't know. I, I think that does play a part because when your parents are telling you that they, you know, that they don't want you to listen to Dave Lee Roth or they want you to turn off Iron Maiden like it was when I was a kid, you want to listen to it more. Yeah. You know, like you, you crave it a lot more. Like you're like, oh, my parents don't like this. Well, I'm going to like get more of it. And I, I just think that needs to, to happen more with, with yet a young ex coming up. And I don't mean, you know, to just be blatantly, you know, obnoxious, you know, it, it's got to be authentic, right? It's got to be, it's got to come from a real place yeah, when you're, sure. when you're faking it, people know you're faking it. Yeah. You want it to be organic. You want it to be real. Uh, you don't want it to be just a show. Right. <laughs> Which is, you know, kind of what a lot of people actually do nowadays anyway, especially social media. When you're performing and you guys are on stage, you know, what, what type of, you know, what can people expect when they see you perform? Well, uh, in your face, rock and roll, man. Uh, we like to have fun. Uh, a lot of energy. I mean, if, you know, if it's, the stage is decent enough, I can actually move around on. But uh, <laughs> just that fun, you know, good rock and roll music that, you know, I, that I've missed. You know, the one thing I have noticed about your songs is, you know, the the band has a very distinct sound, right? But there's also <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of diversity in your music and in your style and in your arrangements, when you're putting together a song, you know, like Break, um, and you're in, in your writing music, are you are you aware of are you are you trying to show the diverse side, or does that just come out with all the influence that you guys have? Uh, a little bit of both, you know. I, I don't do the harsh vocals as much, but uh, it kind of does just. You know, it's just based off a of feeling, too. I mean, I wasn't trying, per se. It was just when we started writing, uh, you know, I think that's our first A-sharp tuning, too. You know, uh, Abraham had been messing around with it, and we are like, that sounds good. We enjoy that a lot. And it worked really well. Uh, and then the way the lyrics went, it just kind of just fell in place perfectly for it to be, you know, heavier. Like, I don't know if we're going to progress even heavier, but also... I'm not against it at the same time. Right. Cause you know, take me home is, you know, a completely different style than break is, but they sound oh, yeah. like, like you guys. And that's, that's a pretty cool thing when you're able to do that and able to show a different side of the band and, and keep evolving in a, in a way that, you know, you don't abandon, you know, your audience as to what they first were introduced for. They want more and they like what you're doing. They like what you're creating and I just like that that you know broad spectrum between take me home and break because I just really I don't know if a lot of bands are a new bands are willing to do that you know especially in the beginning as you guys are I I think uh, there's not you know uh, there was a lot of talk uh, especially when we first started playing because we had that uh, the more of the southern rock kind of sound just because of, of course my voice and everything else you know when we incorporated a little bit more acoustic then. And, you know, as we started getting heavier and people were like, well, people aren't going to like that. And, I, and again, not being a dick, you know, well, other people aren't going to be like that. And I was like, well, I really don't give a shit. Like at the same time, because this is what the fuck we want to do, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, but I'm not being an ass because my, my manager said the same thing. But um, 
I was just like, man, I, we really feel this. I mean, if people don't like it, I'm like, it sucks. But at the same time, you know, more people like the, the heavy shit, you know, they like me screaming a little bit and it's just, I don't know, man. <laughs> I like the diversity. I think we're going to keep it that way as much from, you know, my standpoint of, uh, cause of my writing style, you know, I started off with acoustic and a lot of the rock song, like the heavier songs that we had started out on acoustic with the exception of a few, of course, but, uh, I don't want to stop, you know? I mean, I'm not going to say we're not going to do anything weird like add, add a synth or anything but because I, I don't know the future, but who the hell knows? Yeah, I think, you know, when you're an artist, you have to keep evolving. And a lot of times, a lot of fans like their favorite artists, they like their bands to stay in the same box that they've always been in. And it's hard for an artist to do that. But when you can do it and you can set that tone that, hey, you know, we're not afraid to try new things and we're not afraid to go in different directions, um, I, th- I think the, the audience as a whole then accepts that. You know, it's hard for a band like an ACDC or it's hard for a band, you know, like an Iron Maiden to all of a sudden release something different because their sound and their and their music is so set with their fans and they've been around for decades. But with okay. you know, with a new band, I mean, this is the time to really do that because I think what it does is it sets what it sets your it sets the expectations for what the audience you know is going to hear from you guys. You know that you're not afraid to you know do a song like like you know, take me home and then go into a song like break. Uh, and I think that's really cool because I do think one of the things that are different than my generation is, is the young, young kids today are more accepting. I think of, of different types of styles. For sure. Uh, I think, you know, I, I think I struggled with that early on, you know, getting into music, like, uh, bring me to the horizon is a perfect example of, you know, th- them going from or to, to, you know, almost poppy rock that they are now. And I was, I didn't want them to change. Like I, I was like, I, I man, I don't know if I want to listen to that now, but I, it, it's grown on me. Like the change is good. Change has always been good. You just realize it. And, uh, and I guess it would be way harder of being, you know, like you said, ACDC, because that new album was, that's ACDC. There's no denying any of that. And it's still damn good. Like it is good freaking music and uh yeah i i guess that's awesome for them but I, I mean at the same time you know i don't know how they feel personally if, you know you know damn i wish we could do something different without being you know shat on but yeah <laughs> no it, it is true there i mean there's something to be said about that you know and, and be able to change and you know because you always have i mean you know when you use metallica as a prime example there's some fans that will not listen to anything oh, yeah. after Injustice for All, you know, and, you know, for me, oh, yeah. it's, you know, it's still Metallica. And, you know, I can't expect, expect Metallica to keep releasing the same album over and over again. And it's the same thing, you know, as an artist, you have to keep being inspired and evolving because you need that. That's like your, your, your juice in order, in order to, to stay creative, um, and it, it disappoints me when I when I hear that. Oh, I haven't listened to anything after Justice for All, or I haven't listened to anything since this or that. And it's just, man, you know, I'm a fan of the band, and I like to see where a band's going to go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all I mean for me personally is like I want you know somebody to be happy with what they're doing, and if they're just, you know, if they're content with doing the same thing over and over, you know, which is fine. You know, a lot of people do enjoy that, but you know, if they're not, you know, you, it'll show. It'll show in performances. You can tell in writing that they're just like, 
you can tell that somebody's not going to enjoy doing that over and over again and need a change. And, you know, and I'm glad that a lot of bands did do that. You know, I'm actually happy Metallica did do that because, you know, they were being themselves. And yeah, a lot of shit on them for it, but I mean, they're still fucking Metallica. Like, <laughs> you can't say otherwise. Well, it's also true. I mean, I interview a lot of young bands and a lot of young artists. And when I ask that question, like I asked you, a lot of them say the Black Album was a huge inspiration for them. You know, they they don't they didn't know okay. anything prior to the Black Album. You know, and and you know when they say yeah, you know, it was Enter Sandman or it was Sad but True or something like that. They're not talking about Master of Puppets or Ride the Lightning. So you know, it, it all depends on where you came in. You know, it all depends on where you came in and 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 all that um, and what was around you, what was happening, but. It is, you know, something to be said. I know there's there's even fans my age that won't listen to anything past 1992. But you know, bands like Alice in Chains and Soundgarden, and you know, all those bands that came after that were phenomenal bands. Um, and it's just a different style. It's just it's just amazing what people will accept and what they won't. But you know, good on you guys for trying to keep developing and trying to keep evolving. You know, at the early stages of your career, and and you know, with the new song "Break" and coming from you know, take me home. Um, just, I, I really enjoyed, I, I, that's one of the things I, it really stood out to me when I was listening to these two tracks was how different they were, but how much they were similar, which is really cool that you guys did that. Well, thank you, man. That, that means a lot. Uh, we just, you know, and we're having fun with what we're doing and, uh, we want to continue that for sure. <laughs> I love, again, you know, we like the, like you said, of keeping the same sound, but being separate and doing different things. And uh, hopefully we can continue to do that and still, you know, move forward as we have been. As far as what's next, what kind of direction are you guys going to be going in? Is the next single going to be similar to break or have you determined that yet? Um. We, it is determined. Uh, it's, that one's kind of hard to. I guess it leans a little bit more toward break a little bit, but I wouldn't. It's full on. It's not as heavy, I guess, if you want to say that. And I know you know you guys have got uh, some local gigs there to ch- in Chattanooga, but what you know, I, I know we kind of brief, briefly talked about this in the beginning of the conversation. You know. Is there things lined up to start playing, you know, outside of, of, of the local area where you're at? We're, we're trying to get that uh, kind of worked out, you know, starting at the beginning of the year, uh, you know, go toward Nashville and Atlanta. And uh, we've uh, managers have been talking to some venues in Florida, North Carolina that we're working on as well. So yeah, hopefully to spread out a little bit more down here than hopefully move further North and further West. You know, it's amazing, too. I just had this conversation with another artist who's based in Nashville, how much rock and the rock scene in Nashville is. You know, everybody talks about it being a you know, country town, but there's a lot of rock music and hard rock coming out of that of that of Music City. It's 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 incredible. It's beautiful to see. Uh, that's actually we're trying to. We're trying to play with our buddies and true villains, actually, from Nashville. If you haven't listened to them, they're freaking amazing. And uh, they're definitely one of the driving forces behind that that scene, for sure. What was the name of the band again? 
uh, true villains. Oh yeah, I've had uh, I've had them on the show. So yeah, they're they're an incredible band. They're great. That's awesome. Yeah, I was... bad for not knowing that. Kind of feel like an asshole now. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. But hey, man, no, you know, it's been a blast talking with you. I, I, I do appreciate you doing the show. Thank you very much for coming on. Uh, thank you so much, Jay, man. Uh, hopefully, we'll talk soon, man. Absolutely. Once again, everybody, that's Drew from Seven Stones. I'm Jay Scott. This is The Hook Rocks. Take care of yourself. Stay safe. Have a great weekend. Snow's for the mine. Never knew I was wasting time It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.